Hello and welcome to this podcast from the Farm Advisory Service. I am your host today, my name is Will Searle, and I am here with Heather Stevenson, who's a vet based in Dumfries with SAC Consulting Veterinary Services. Last time on this podcast, we were with Heather and we were talking about worming, uh, and this week we are going to be talking about antibiotic use in livestock. So hello, Heather, how are we doing today? Good, thank you. Um, and why are there concerns about antibiotic use in livestock? The main issue is because of increasing concerns about bacteria that cause disease becoming resistant to antibiotics. So if that happens and you treat an animal with a, an antibiotic and they expect it to work, then you find that if the bacteria are, resi- are resistant to that antibiotic, then the treatment won't work. But it's not just an issue for farming and, and veterinary um treatments it also applies to human medicine and it may be that you've come across references to antibiotic awareness week or seen television adverts promoting responsible antibiotic use which are are aimed at human health so the other thing that people are worried about is that bacteria can move between animals and people so that could allow the transfer of antibiotic resistant bacteria between livestock and people or vice versa and the fear is that if things remain the same and, and go along the same road that we've been taking for a while now, that you will get to a case where the worst case scenario would be that we, we have what we will get into what they're calling a post-antibiotic era in which bacterial diseases that are currently easy to cure will, will become untreatable and potentially fatal. So is this an issue for the sheep industry? Yes, it, it's an issue for the whole of the farming industry, both in the UK and globally. At the moment in the UK, food producing animals account for about 37% of of antibiotics used in in the country. And while compared to other livestock sectors such as pigs and poultry, the use of antibiotics on sheep farms is actually low, but that's no reason not to take the issue seriously. Um, So in addition, only very small amounts of the critically important antibiotics are used in sheep flock. But the Sheep Veterinary Society has produced best practice guidelines for the use of antibiotics in sheep. What is a critically important antibiotic? That's a definition from the World Health Organisation. They've designated a small number of antibiotics as critically important for human medicine. And that's to ensure that these antibiotics are used responsibly in both humans and animals to try and reduce the risk of bacteria becoming resistant to these because these particular antibiotics are used to treat uh, serious conditions in people such as salmonella. The antibiotics that you might have come across on farm that fall into this critically important category would be fluoroquinolones and third and fourth generations cephalosporins. So product names that you might recognise would include things like Batril, Marbacil, Naxel or, or Exonel. But these antibiotics should, should only be used under exceptional circumstances and always on your vet's advice and only when lab testing confirms that no other antibiotics are expected to work. So how are antibiotics being used routinely in sheep flocks? As I mentioned, it's not the quantity of antibiotics overall that are being used in sheep flocks that's the biggest worry, but it's how they're being used because a lot of antibiotics are being given to healthy sheep on on a just-in-case basis in the belief that that's the best way to prevent a disease outbreak. 
so some people have looked at this and, and found that um, on a study of 200 farms, oxytetracycline is, is the most commonly used antibiotic in sheep and in many cases it was being used for the, the prevention of lameness. And in some parts of the UK it, it's relatively common for farmers to use oxytetracycline to try and prevent and control endzootic abortion in the run-up to lambing time. And at lambing time, the number of antibiotics used does increase in February and March tends to be the months in the UK where the, the numbers of antibiotics used in sheep can be over three times higher than in any other month. So at that time of year, a large volume of penicillin is being used. But in addition, it's estimated that on around half of all flocks, all lambs born are automatically being dosed with oral antibiotics. Um, with about 10.5 million doses of those sold in, in 2015. So the overall goal is to sort of refine and replace and reduce the administration of antibiotics to healthy sheep by, by using different strategies. So is it still acceptable to treat a sick animal? It, it will always be allowable and, and completely acceptable to use antibiotics to treat an individually ill animal uh, because you have to prevent suffering and to protect their welfare. So what about the treatment of whole management groups? That might be acceptable, but only under some circumstances. If you've gone through the whole flock and pulled out all the lame sheep with foot rot into one group, then it's fine to treat that whole group of animals. However, it's been shown that that whole flock treatment for lameness isn't successful and it's ineffective at eradicating a lameness problem and, and can't be recommended. It may also be acceptable on occasion to treat a whole group of animals if, if disease has been confirmed and you're needing to prevent spread of infection. But that should be done only under veterinary advice and under those circumstances also samples should have been sent to a laboratory to prove which bacteria is involved and to confirm which antibiotics are likely to be effective. So under what circumstances is the use of antibiotics no longer acceptable? You can't justify any longer treating whole groups of healthy animals on a just-in-case basis and alternative strategies for disease control need to be used. So the use of antibiotic foot baths, for example, or the practice of administrating antibiotic tablets to newborn lambs, um, that, that's no longer acceptable and, and has to be replaced with alternatives. What changes must be made? When it comes to sheep, the... Circumstances under which most antibiotics are currently being used is, is lameness, abortion control and the control of, of disease in, in lambs round about lambing time. And there are alternatives available. So in the case of infectious lameness, which includes scald, foot rot and CODD or contagious ovine digital dermatitis, then the industry standard would now be the five-point plan. Antibiotics still have a role to play uh, that, for example, we know that if you have a lame sheep with foot rot and you treat it with antibiotics as soon as possible and ideally within three days of it becoming lame, then that will reduce the spread of infection to other sheep. If you can isolate lame sheep, that also reduces spread, as does keeping buildings and handling areas as clean and dry as possible, using hardcore or lime as necessary and gateways or around troughs. Vaccination or culling sheep that, that need to be re- treated repeatedly are, are sustainable ways of, of bringing foot rot under control and, and also reducing problems in the flock in the future. And finally, 
it's always important if you're buying in stock to quarantine them and inspect their feet and monitor them for lameness in order to reduce the risk of introducing CODD or a strain of foot rot that's not already present in your flock. When it comes to using oxytetracycline to control endzootic abortion, then that is now impossible to justify because effective vaccines are available and, and have been for many years now. Um, there are two types of vaccines. There's live vaccines, which must be given before the ewes go to the top, but there's also a, a, what's known as a killed vaccine, which can be used once the sheep are in lamb, and that means it can also be used in the face of, of an outbreak of, of endzootic abortion. But reducing the risk to your flock, you would have to think about um, buying in replacements from as few sources as possible. If you can source EAE accredited sheep, then that is also reduces the risk of introducing infection. And these bought in sheep should be managed separately from the home flock until after they have lambed. Then that's obviously going to prevent the spread of other infectious causes of abortion in addition to EAE if, if a problem does come to light and, and if a problem does come to light then you should always be isolating aborted sheep removing the, the foetuses and placentas and any contaminated bedding if, if they're lambing inside um, and if you can get some material to your, your vets or your local veterinary laboratory to, to find out what the cause of the problem is then, then that'll help you plan for prevention in the future. A lot of the problems with antibiotic use round about lambing time are down to the, the use of routine doses of antibiotics to try and prevent outbreaks of watery mouth or joint ill. And at that time of year, it, it's attention to detail that's really key. Using the correct body condition and fed a good quality diet will produce plenty good quality colostrum and give birth to lambs that will stand and suck quickly and are of good birth weight. And when it comes to the lambing environment, then common sense says it should be kept as clean as possible, free of drafts, plenty bedding and navels should be treated thoroughly and if you can remove lame use and, and dag use if necessary that will keep the number of bacteria in the environment down other things you should be doing would be just to be wearing gloves if you're lambing use and cleaning out individual pens and disinfecting them between use and lambs if a problem does happen then again Confirming which bacteria is responsible for it and which antibiotics are effective are, are crucial um, to make sure you're targeting treatment correctly and using the right antibiotic. And when antibiotics are being used, it, it's always important that you must be giving the correct dose and, and completing the, the full course. Now, why might some farmers be reluctant to make changes? You can see why it would be difficult to make a change if what you've been doing appears to be working. So to use watery mouth as an example, you might be worried that if you stop giving every lamb born a dose of antibiotics that lambs may start to die, particularly if you've experienced an outbreak in the past. So it can be a good idea to identify lambs that are at low risk of disease and just start off by not treating them and that then may build your confidence in making a change. So for example, if you've got well-grown twin lambs that are born in clean, dry conditions during the first week of lambing and they have a, a well-fed motherly ewe, then these lambs are, are highly unlikely to be at risk of watery mouth. So they really shouldn't be getting a, a dose of antibiotics. 
So making small changes is always better than doing nothing. And it might be that the following year, it will give you more confidence to, to further reduce antibiotic use. So it, it's always worthwhile to keep a record of when and where problems occur and, and just use this to update your flop health plan and, and create a, a strategy for the following year. What targets have been set for the future? Well, by 2020, the aim is to reduce overall antibiotic use in sheep by 10% and the use of the critically important antibiotics by 50%. And if the feeling is that if the industry as a whole is, is not making progress in meeting targets, that, that it is possible that there will be new legislation and changing to prescribing practices. What are the benefits of promoting responsible antibiotic use? Aside from the, the overall aim of protecting human health, the, then an inability to demonstrate responsible use of antibiotics is, is going to be important to, to maintain um, good public relations uh, and, and represent the farming industry in, in a good light. Monitoring the effectiveness of, of antibiotics through the submission of samples from ill animals to, to veterinary laboratories is crucial in ensuring that you're using the correct antibiotic to treat the disease that's present. When we get watery mouth in lambs, that's caused by a bacteria called E. coli. Um, but testing of E. coli isolates from newborn lambs in the UK has shown that about 50 to 60% of them are resistant to some of the commonly used antibiotics such as spectinomycin, oxytetracycline and ampicillin. That means that if a lot of lambs born are currently receiving an, an automatic antibiotic dose, that a lot of these are, are going to be ineffective anyway and, and a waste of money. Equally, the, the annual routine use of antibiotics to control enzootic abortion is not cost effective. And if you are making management changes like improving your nutrition, a greater attention to detail at lambing time, or improving your overall biosecurity when it comes to adding animals to the flock, then that's going to have wider benefits for, for disease control as a whole and, and should result in a healthier and more productive flock. Um, where can farmers get further information on responsible antibiotic use? Your veterinary practice or farm assurance provider should be good sources of advice and information. There's an organisation known as RUMA and they have a, a website with guidelines for each livestock sector and also a link to farmantibiotics.org which contains a, a lot of information, interesting information. There will be specific campaigns that are run from time to time and, and one particular one that, that's relevant to this time of year in the run-up to lambing time is, is called Colostrum is Gold and, and that's worth a look as well. Well, thank you very much, Heather. That was brilliant. It was great to chat to you about the, uh, both these subjects we've done podcasts on. Um, if you want any further information, please do visit the Farm Advisory Service website on www.faz.scot. You can call our helpline on 0300 323 or you can email inquiries onto advice at faz.scot. We'll also put a link to all the websites that Heather's mentioned into the description. And... I think I said this in the last podcast, if you ever get a chance to visit a FAS meeting that Heather's speaking at, it's well worth, well worth it because she's a font of knowledge with brains that are definitely there to be picked. So thank you very much, Heather. We'll thank hopefully you. see you soon. And thank you very much and goodbye.